0: On this episode of Net at Night, Nicole Tapscott from the World Economic Forum joins us. Plus, dress like Mark Zuckerberg and get your tweets on a ring. Dana Brunetti from the Social Network. It's all next.
1: Netcasts you love.
0: From people you trust.
2: This, this is Tweet. tweet. Audio bandwidth for Net at Night is provided by Winamp
1: for Android, the ultimate media player for your desktop and Android device, featuring wireless sync. Download it free at winamp.com/android. Video bandwidth for Net at Night
3: is provided by Cashfly at c a c h e f l y dot com.
0: This is Net at Night, episode one eighty-five, recorded January eighteenth, twenty eleven, World Economic Forum. This episode of net night is brought to you by Audible.com. To download a free audiobook of your choice, go to audible.com slash night. And by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off the lifetime of your new account, go to squarespace.com slash night and use the offer code NIGHT. And by mailroute.info, MailRoute is a secure hosted service that provides enterprise-grade virus and spam filtering to companies of any size. Try it right now, absolutely free, at mailroute.info.
2: From Petaluma, California, I'm Sarah Lane, and from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, I'm Amber MacArthur. And this is Net at Night. Hi, Amber. Hi, Sarah. It's been a while since we had a chance to do the show together, and. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because I I get to do stuff. I don't want to say it's a little more girly, but I can mix up the links a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's it's fun when Leo's away, not because we don't love Leo, but every once in a while, it's like we're taking over. We get to do the show and maybe you can throw in some stuff that, you know, we'll giggle about it a little bit more. And um, it, uh, if anyone's wondering where Leo is, he'll be back tomorrow. So he's he's, he's not gone for good. Uh, Leo did Regis and Kelly this morning. He was showing off a bunch of technical gadgets and impressing everybody out in New York. So that's where he is today. So uh, Amber and Leo were kind enough to let me fill in for Leo today on Net and Night. I very much appreciate it because I love the show. Um, so hopefully Amber, I can do the show
2: justice. And- um, Oh my goodness, now, that'd be great. Now, you actually had a chance to watch Leo and Regis and Kelly. Is that right? I I did. I uh, put it in my calendar. So I uh, made a point of getting up and watching him on the show. I was very excited to see him do it this morning. However, I was a little bit shocked because off the top of the show, Regis announced that he was retiring. And uh, I thought to myself, well, maybe Leo will come on later and announce that he's slipping into that role. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can you imagine?
0: uh, Sometimes Leo um, can be full of surprises. (laughs) It's like, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him to like have had this whole plan this entire time. And that was the big part of his trip to New York. But so, wait, so, uh, because I wasn't able to watch the show because I was tied up this morning. So, this was the first thing that Regis had announced before Leo was even
2: on the show at all. Yeah, right off the top of the show. And you know how Regis kind of has that dry sense of humor. So, um, when he announced off the top of the show, you know, I have something to tell you and it's very important. Uh, I thought he was going to make a big joke, right? You know, he does that all, all the time. And, right. Uh, he, they, obviously, they're very silly on the show and it's very light. But then he announced that he'd been doing the show for, um, I guess it's almost three decades, if I'm correct. And uh, he had decided that this summer or the fall would be his uh, last show. Um, and uh, he would be leaving. I mean, there was obviously no news about who would replace him. Um, Um, I guess Kelly has been on the show for almost 10 years, as far as I understand, or uh, quite a while. I I don't get to watch the show every day, as I'm sure you can imagine. But um, yeah, yeah, well,
0: it it was Regis and Kathy Lee for, boy, I mean, as long as I can remember. And then I remember Regis and Kelly, it was like, oh, how could anybody replace Regis and Kathy Lee? Because it was such a household morning show name. But it's been Regis and Kelly for a long time, too. So they obviously have a good rapport. I know. It's, 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 it's just so... The timing of the whole thing, you know, it's know, like, it's why really are we funny. talking about Regis and Kelly on another night? Tonight? But the timing of it is... It's sort of ridiculous because it just so happens mm-hmm. to be a day that Leo's on the show for the first time in quite a while. He's done the show before. He's been on Regis yeah. and Kelly before, but not... I mean, it's been, oh, I don't know, a year or two since he was on last, so...
2: Yeah, and he did such a great job as always. You know, it went through all of his gadgets. They gave him a lot of time uh, and uh, it looked like he had fun with it. I've been reading his uh, Twitter messages too, so I'm sure he enjoyed himself. But it sounds like he's going to be on at the end of the month with another segment that they pre-taped where he's actually teaching Regis how to tweet and uh, (laughs) I think that would be even more entertaining to watch than some of the top gadgets from CES. Seriously because Regis is sort of
0: he at least plays up the fact that he doesn't know tech and what is the tweet and the Twitter and I can just sort of see how how the segment uh, would unfold. And Leo's the perfect person to be the professor oh, yeah. in that situation. So
2: Yeah, it's, it's pretty safe to say they're not tech savvy on the show. Um, in fact, this morning, they had a conversation right off the top about Wi-Fi. And Kelly was asking Regis if um, she was on, on an elevator with her cell phone, if someone could steal her Wi-Fi. Huh. And then Regis was kind of like, well, what is Wi-Fi? And it just went downhill from there. Uh, so <laughs> it's good that they have someone like Leo around to uh, set them straight.
0: Yeah, well, he should be a regular contributor, if not the new host. Hey, we don't know what's going to happen. But, uh, I say, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh, lots of news over the past week, but probably the biggest headline was about Facebook and this whole fiasco with the uh, uh, phone numbers and uh, addresses. So it, as far as I understand, Facebook announced later um, or later last week that um, you would now be able to give third-party applications access to your phone number and home address, um, but it didn't really make it clear that advertisers and other people could potentially get access to this information. And uh, so the, this whole, uh, uproar happened online. And I mean, it was warranted because like Facebook has done many times in the past, they, they did not make it clear as far as, uh, um, how users could protect their privacy and that sharing this information meant that it went to people who they may not have wanted to see this information. Um, and they have si- since withdrawn the ability to do this. So, um, you well, know, you know, Facebook, this, the it's funny.
0: We we mentioned this uh, a little bit on TNT yesterday. And I was surprised because it's like, okay, Facebook had said, listen, there are certain applications where this would be beneficial to you. For example, you know, if it was maybe a some sort of a shopping app, mm. Facebook app, where it's like you would want them to have your shipping address or, you know, you can kind of imagine where Facebook would say, well, this is not always going to be some big privacy violation and we'll allow you to opt in. So you would have to expressly say, yes, I want this application to have my phone number and my address or one or the other. Okay, that's all fine and good, but Facebook has already run into problems with, with applications and app developers kind of tricking people into giving up that information when it actually was just selling their information to third party you know, advertising companies. So it's like, even if Facebook can shut those people down, which they have, I mean, there have been a few developers that got like six month probation earlier in the year, but you know, your information was still taken. Those app developers got slaps on the wrist, but but the information, you know, the deed has already been done anyway. So it's like you'd think Facebook would understand how how sensitive people are to something like that happening again. And then the other problem I feel like is and, you know, maybe I'm just listening too much to what Mark Zuckerberg says, but he has made a really big deal as of late about how no one really emails anymore. That's a very archaic way to get a hold of each other. And, the, you know, phone calls, and that's all in the past. And Facebook is all about this sort of short messaging system. They've got Facebook chat built in. You know, I, it's, it's almost sort of surprising to me that Facebook would make that much of a, would, 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 would encourage addresses, physical addresses, and phone numbers on profiles at all.
2: I know I, I think the whole thing is very strange, you know, and if you think about information like your home address and your phone number, um, your mobile phone number uh, all that that stuff is so personal and so private. So I can't even imagine how this got through at Facebook without some, you know, extreme warning and in bright red saying, hey, if you, if you do this, you will be opening yourself up um, as far as other companies getting this information. Mm. Because really, I mean, it doesn't get more personal than that, right? I mean, we're always right. taught from the time we're little, you know, don't tell people where you live. And, yes. uh, only share your phone number with certain individuals. And then all of a sudden Facebook with 600 million users and the biggest social network in the world, goes and makes it easy for anyone to do this and to really jeopardize their privacy. So, um, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going on over there. (laughs) It's not like they ever do interviews and you can really get a a lot of information, but- uh, I think that
0: they, yeah, they seem to have a, a bit of a crisis between having information be available and very convenient as long as you're in control of the information and having so many users and so many developers and this entire community that they have a hard time keeping under control.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, they're under, maybe not under pressure, but um, I just read a report, I think it was on TechCrunch or Mashable, saying how many billions of dollars that they're making this year from advertising. So, right. obviously, they're walking that fine line, right? You know, they're here they are, a social network. Unlike Twitter, they're actually making money. Um, advertisers love the site. They love access to all the information they get. And then, you know, in the same breath, you have um, Mark Zuckerberg who's saying, don't worry, you know, it's all about friendship and it's all about, um, you know, maintaining your contacts and we respect your privacy." And I just don't know, you know, how can you be both things to both groups of people? And if you are going to be, the one thing you have to do is be very transparent. And Mm -hmm. I just don't think they've done an excellent job of that.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I, I know some people have their phone numbers and their addresses in their profile. And I've even said to folks who I'm friends with on Facebook, ah, how can you feel comfortable with that? Yeah, I even feel I know where you live and I even feel weird just seeing it in print and they go well you know it's locked down and I'm very careful with who has access to what but I don't know what if somebody read their address over my shoulder I mean we've got laptops we're sitting next to each other on planes it just it's still not the right thing for me but hopefully Facebook can get can get it in order so
2: that they don't keep ticking off all of their users yeah let's hope so yes indeed indeed uh, so uh, another headline, and uh, just wanted to mention this one quickly. Uh, HP is launching an improv comedy show on YouTube. Obviously, YouTube has been a destination for a long time where people go to share uh, funny videos. Uh, this is a two-hour show that is launching uh, later this month. Um, people can win prizes by uh, entering in Uh, are actually getting chosen to perform on the show. So really a fun idea. Um, I guess the reason that I wanted to mention it is is that the name of the show is HPE Print Live. (laughs) Ooh, that rolls off the tongue. I don't know. It just made me laugh. You know, it's kind of like you know Windows Phone Seven. You know, at this point, I think when you come, it comes to naming things. Sometimes technology companies just uh, uh, miss the mark a little bit. So, I, while I love the idea, I just think HPE Print Live. You know, really, they could have thought of something a little more creative.
0: You know, that I I and HP certainly is not. Uh, the Only Offender, you know, Windows Phone 7, which we, yeah, I mean, it used to be like Windows Microphone Series 7 phone, blah, blah, blah. But, um, E Print Live as a comedy show, I mean, I nothing know. about the name HPE Print Live says comedy
2: or YouTube or internet generation. It sounds like ink at Best Buy. I know. And they have a, a, you know, a fairly well-known comedian who is actually hosting the show. It looks like they put a lot of effort into it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I love the the idea that they are doing branded content and branded entertainment in some ways. I think that's kind of the future of what we can expect online. A lot of these big companies getting behind um, shows and deciding that they're going to produce their own unique uh, content, but uh, um, this one, I just think uh, the, the name is just so horrendous. It needs go, to go down in the list of uh, worst uh, show names of all time.
0: HPE Print Live. Well, you know, if if the content is good, then it can rise above a name. I mean, there have been some terrible show names in the past that ended up having good content. It is interesting, though, that YouTube and, uh, you know, HPE obviously came to YouTube and said, or I don't really know, maybe it was the other way around. Uh, we'd like to have a show and, you know, it would be exclusive on YouTube. And YouTube is getting into this situation a little bit more. And it's not just you and I uploading our cat or our baby videos. It's it's a actual YouTube shows that, that you watch on YouTube or you embed other places, but it's a YouTube-branded uh, show. So it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I guess it's not surprising that HP is, is one of the first because it's HP and they're looking to get their name out there. Um, and YouTube is also... Um, they they're they're launching their li- their live YouTube program. Um, I know Revision 3 is experimenting with it. I think tonight even they're doing a oh, live wow. dignation that's that's going to stream on on YouTube's new streaming project. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how their original content goes because I don't know about you, but I've definitely worked with companies in the past where it can be expensive to produce your own stuff. Oh, and, yeah, you know, if YouTube is is wanting to produce content in-house, that's one that that's a whole different thing than just saying um HP has paid a certain amount of money to get something made and we're just going to um to play it on our platform. So it'll be interesting to see the kind exactly. of um I don't know, the content differentiation we get
2: out of that. Yeah, it should be kind of fun. I mean, I do have to give them a little bit of credit because they are having their uh, HP internet connected uh printers on stage and that's how people will email and I- email in ideas and the ideas that are selected those people will then perform. On the show, so as far as having that, you know, the brand incorporated into a a product, you know, with product placement on the program. uh, Wait, they're going to have,
0: but but are okay. So someone, let's say, they tweet the show Twitter handle, and it gets printed out on stage.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, so far they're just saying they're doing that. Hard not to chuckle at that a little bit. It it gets, I mean, (laughs) printed out. Yeah. I mean, if you think about print it, out, it why like, why look at it on dot com as long as you can print it out, right? I know. That's what makes me laugh. I mean, I try to avoid <laughs> printing things at all costs. So it's kind even of have funny. A I mean, I think of this morning when Leo was on Regis and Kelly, he showed off this beautiful little projector that, you know, almost fits in your pocket. Not quite, um, I think it was available for $500 and you can hook it up to your iPhone. Uh, Such a neat idea. I mean, I want one of those. You know, imagine being able to just project and and have, uh, you know, your Twitter feed on your wall all the time or whatever it might be. Um, But uh, so the idea of printing things is uh, so old school. So um, who knows though? You know what? They might do a great job. It might be hilarious. It might be a huge hit.
0: Might be a huge hit. And HP, a lot of smart people at that company. They've had a lot of success in the past. So maybe HP EPrint Live is the next YouTube <laughs> sensation. Who knows?
2: This, roll, this rolls off the tongue.
0: Uh Amber, do you want to thank Audible with me for sponsoring yeah. Net at Night today? Thanks, Audible. Um, Audible, if for any reason, you're not already an Audible customer, oh, you are missing out because listening to Audible books, and not only books, but like periodicals even, you know, there's certain newspapers that you can get read to you, is a really interesting way to uh, to read. I mean, it is reading. It's just a different way of reading. Um, so audible.com is where you go. If you don't know much about them, they're uh, pretty much the leading provider of audiobooks. And when I say leading provider, I mean 75,000, even more than that, downloadable titles. So you Your favorite book let's say you commute a lot you're stuck in your car you don't have time to read that's me so i always use that as an example or maybe at night you pick up the book and you immediately your eyes get really tired and it's like sometimes reading a book when you have that that little sliver of time to read is not the best way to consume the content put just put you know put in your headphones and listen to your book and you can sort of Go off into slumber that way. Uh, that's also a really fun. You know, if you're at the gym and you want to read, you know, you're, if I'm on the treadmill, there's no way I'm going to be reading a book. But if I've got my audiobook playing, it works out really well. Anyway, Audible.com is the place to go, and they are uh, sponsoring this episode of Net at Night. So, if you go to Audible.com/Night, uh, that's how you can get a free audiobook, so you can try it out. You can you can get an audiobook of your choice. Uh, anything you want or maybe, uh, the latest, I think The Economist is on Audible. Yeah, you can listen to the latest, uh, issue of The Economist and see if that. you like it. Just mm-hmm. see, you know, see if it's for you. Uh, I mean, free book. What, what, what's wrong with that? Um, and if you use the promo code, uh, which I believe is also night, uh, you get uh, 10% off your first book.
2: So I actually have a a good friend of mine. His name is uh, Scott Stratton and he just wrote a book called Unmarketing and uh, it's now available on Audible. And I just met with him last week and he was telling me the process of recording the book and how much time it takes, you know, being in the uh, audio booth literally for, you know, a few days on end and reading over and over and over and over again. So you realize for a five hour book, um, there's so much time and effort put into it. So uh, there's some really great work there. That's awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, audible.com slash night. Offer code night. And we thank them for their support. Audible, you are great. I have to figure out what my next Audible book is going to be, actually. I don't have one that I'm just now starting. But, uh, well, maybe your friend's book is my next audio book. Yeah, it's a
2: good one. Cool. Okay, so, uh, Sarah, I included this. This is one of the uh, <laughs> links that I thought uh, would be fun for us to do. I'm not sure if Leo would like it. but okay. all uh, right. you never know. Uh, The site is called Tweet Rings and um, it's so you're able to wear your tweets on your fingers. I'm trying to say this without laughing. (laughs) Um, Wait a second. So they're physical rings and you choose a
0: tweet to get engraved into the ring? Exactly. Yep. Um, So... Yes. Well, the, I I don't know. I think Leo might. Well, no, Leo's already got a, you know, he's he wears a wedding ring. So I guess you'd have mm-hmm. to figure out if you wanted to get a bigger ring on a different finger or just use the other hand. So it depends on how many rings you want to wear. But uh, I know yeah, folks I like who uh, as, as wedding, well, I guess not engagements because it's usually just just the woman gets the ring and the engagement. But as wedding rings, people get um little phrases inscribed on the inside to each other that are meaningful to each other. So I can see this kind of being the next phase of, I mean, how many uh, Twitter uh, uh, proposals have we seen so far or announcements? So, you know, some people really get a kick out of that. So I can see that being fun or it obviously doesn't have to be anything to do with marriage. You can just be something that you, you said once that you really thought was funny or you or were I guess proud it could be of. a
2: quote you know like a lot of people put quotes onto their Twitter feeds to inspire people and um, I think the best thing about about the site which uh, it's a company based in Amsterdam is that when you go into the home page you can enter your username uh, there and uh, it will then spit out uh, all of your tweets message by message in the middle of a ring and then you can see that message displayed uh, around the ring like for instance last night I just wrote feeling very behind on emails but eyes are slowly closing tomorrow dear inbox I'm all yours <laughs> and that goes about three quarters of the way around a ring so you can get a sense of, of what message is going to uh, look the best uh, yeah so really it's like of, of your
0: 140 characters it still has to be rethought again if it's going to be
2: on your tweet ring yeah oh yeah it's got to be a really good one if you're actually going to engrave it right. um, in stainless steel
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. That's um how, how how much are are these rings if I if uh, I wanted to go like ahead and get them? 90
2: euros um since it is based in Europe. So I don't know what the uh, um the exchange on that is right now. But I mean, it's not over too too expensive. It's not crazy. If
0: it's the sort uh, of thing that you've got a really good idea. I mean, it's kind of like getting a tattoo. You know, it could be as stupid or as meaningful as you want it to be. It just sort of depends on what your motivation is. But then exactly. with a ring, you can always take it off. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so That's that. a good
2: point. And I, I have to say, I'm a, kind of a little bit of a sucker for these type of services that take your whole online experience offline and and put uh, you know messages like this on rings. Or I think um, back to last week, I read an article on Mashable about a company that was producing... Um, these things called Boo boxes where you could get your Instagram photos um, printed and put into these beautiful bamboo shadow boxes for oh, just $20. Oh, I saw this. Uh, yeah. I, I,
0: I don't think I got it from you, but somebody else online, somehow I arrived at that site and it was a great idea. It looked really it's cool. really
2: cool. Yeah, so it's always nice when you see technology, you know, enter into the physical world. And so um, I just saw this and thought uh, it would be a good pick. And I'm sure there are people, lots of people out there who would uh, um, potentially want something like this. Well, maybe not lots. There, I should just stop it. There are people.
0: A few folks, anyway. Uh, the chat room is saying 90 euros right now is about 120 US dollars. I'm not okay. sure about Canada. But so yeah. it's sort of like if you had a really good idea. I mean, it sounds like a good gift, It's a really good gift idea for the right person.
2: For the right person. I totally agree with you. Ring, Uh, tweets, tweet ring. There you go. I love it. you got to love Mashable for the little gems like this. Oh, I know. I just, love. I don't (laughs) know what I would do without Mashable. Like it would be a real loss in my day if I didn't have that site. And as much as I try to, you know, I don't want to just depend on them for all of the news for the show. But the reality is, is that they just have everything covered and they have such interesting news and um, great videos and um, they're always on the ball. And so uh, I've really, you know, I used to go to TechCrunch. I don't know about you, but um, I go there less and less all the time.
0: I try to especially since uh, I work with Tom and and crew on TNT more and more regularly, uh, we try really hard to balance out the news that we read across mm. or across uh, you know many sources otherwise the news would be skewed. So I do my best to keep it balanced, but there are definitely favorites that I have yeah. that I just go, you know, even if they both wrote about the same thing, I'm going to gravitate towards maybe the Ars technical article because I know that they're going to get it right or, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, right. Mashable gets, um, gets my vote for a lot of the fun stories that I read. Yes. And, you know, th- th- it's good for net at night. I mean, they're perfect. Oh, per- Yeah, exactly. They're for perfect. And I think you're
2: right. Like fun is kind of the uh, key word there because they have a lot of really fun content on the site. They do,
0: they do, as well as hard-hitting news. Amber, should we get our guest on Yeah, let's it. In fact, I think she's already here, Nicole Tapscott from the World Economic Forum. Nicole, can you hear us? She can hear us, but we can't hear her yet. Try again, Nicole. Oh, can you hear
4: me now? Yeah, I'm we sure can. So. Okay, great. Amber, can you hear Nicole okay? I sure can. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Amber, how are you? Nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much
2: for joining us, uh, especially all the way from Geneva. What time is it there?
4: Uh, It's just past 11, but uh, don't worry. It's totally, totally just a pleasure to be on the show. So thanks for having me. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what the World Economic Forum is doing right now, uh, leading up to the uh, Davos conference, uh, which I think takes, takes place at the end of the month.
4: Yeah, exactly. Actually, the annual meeting, it starts next week on January 25th. And just as a bit of background about what the World Economic Forum is, um, the forum, it's a a multinational organization committed to improving the state of the world. And we do this by bringing together political, academic, and uh, business leaders around the world to shape kind of the regional, global, and industry agendas. So the annual meeting is kind of the key flagship event Um, and one of the many things that we participate in uh, to try and achieve this mission of improving the state of the world. But one of the key um, components, of course, is the general public. So I work on the social media team at the World Economic Forum, and each year we try to find new ways to engage the public and get them involved in the discussions and in the content that actually gets created and, um, and discussed at the different events that we host.
0: So Nicole, is there um it, you know, each year obviously you get a you get a bunch of really smart people together that are talking about issues and trying to find solutions and how to move forward. What's this year's big theme? I mean, is there is there something that 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 um what I you know, usually uh themes help kind of keep people
4: focused. What's the, what's yeah, the no, theme of course. this year at Davos? So the theme this year is shared norms for the new reality Um, and the key kind of themes that we've been putting out to the public are around inclusive growth and inclusive conversations. So um, with The events that have taken place over the last year um, in the economy, uh, we're looking at kind of a new landscape and there are different kind of realities that have come to bear. So we're bringing together kind of the global population of leaders to actually discuss what those realities are and debate and um, come up with the ways that these will actually impact our society.
2: That is no small task. You know, I have to almost no. chuckle right now because we were talking about, uh, you know, putting your tweets on a ring and it, it's a, a bit of a segue going to... Uh, <laughs> things
4: into oh, are you kidding me? The social media team are huge fans of Twitter. So I was actually writing down that website. I was thinking it's a perfect oh, kind it. of a joke gift for my for our, my boss and head of media and communications. So Oh, that's great. So, I mean, you know, obviously
2: you're, you're aiming to do so many amazing things um, at Davos, Davos and beyond that with the World Economic Forum and uh, really... You know, changing the way that we live. And I'm sure there are people out there who imagine that and you guys are a group of people who are over there in Geneva living in, you know, these kind of tiny quarters <laughs> and working together and trying to make changes for them. But is the goal, you know, right now to try to use social media to involve the public a little more? I mean, how, how are you trying to, you know, get other people interested in what you're doing? Because it has always been kind
4: of an elite thing. No, that's a great question, and that's absolutely what we're trying to do. Um, We're trying to kind of bring down these walls that people seem to see around the forum and uh, make the public more informed, but also give them the opportunity to be more engaged in the discussion. So we're not just doing that event, but we're also doing it before. So one of the key things that we did this year, and we've done for the last few years actually, is uh, the Davos Debates, which is a video competition which we hosted on YouTube, where we challenged the public to um, come up with an idea around the theme of inclusive growth. Uh, And through this video competition, we selected one lucky winner who actually gets to attend the annual meeting, Um, all expenses paid, and come to Davos as a participant and engage in discussions, participate In a panel and co host um, what we call the social media corner, which is the really kind of physical hub of all the social media activities that we do, and um, the place where members can actually reach out and engage um, the largest stakeholder of the World Economic Forum, which is the general public. I mean, so much of what we discuss has such a huge impact on um, everyone in the world. They also need to have a place to have a voice and to. have uh, kind of a lens into what it is that happens at these events.
0: So, Nicole, how so, many folks were 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 gunning to be that lucky person who actually gets to 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 visit the forum? Uh, you know, how did you get the word out to be able to get submissions to be able to pick a winner?
4: Well, through a number of different ways. I mean, we are huge believers in using kind of all the tools that are um, kind of available to us out there. So uh, we launched the competition on on, uh, on Facebook, sorry, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, you know, within a couple of days, five, ten, fifteen thousand 15,000 people actually viewing this call to action video. And um, we launched it just before Christmas. So over the last couple of weeks, we saw... Tons of different people from all over the world, everywhere from the US to the Philippines to India to Bangladesh. I mean, everywhere in between, uploading these videos and these video ideas uh, around inclusive growth. And in the end, we had over 100 videos that were submitted and um, over 3,500 uh, 3, votes cast on different videos. Wow, uh, so great. it was really interesting to see all of the different people who. Engaged and uh, became kind of uh, participators in this competition. And I mean, we sent out a bunch of notes, just thanking everyone for their participation. And the reaction is always just so rewarding because people are really looking for an opportunity to kind of have their opinions heard and, and become a part of the conversation. And I think the excitement Around the, competi- around the competition is actually, it's a real testament to um, the relevancy of the forum today. Um, and, the, and the view that kind of the general public has around what it is that we do. And so have you chosen a winner from this group of people? We have, and ironically, it's actually a Canadian, uh, Sean Ahmed, we announced him as a winner yesterday. Uh, he's um, the creator of the Uncultured Project, and he'll be our unofficial YouTube representative. And he'll be sitting on a panel with a number of amazing people uh, discussing his idea, which is around making broadband internet access more accessible to um, developing nations uh, and really closing that digital divide. So, awesome. uh, a really important topic and you know, absolutely pertinent to your show as well. So, it's a, it's a great, it's a, we're really excited to have him, and I think he'll be a great voice for the public at the event.
0: Go, Sean. I mean, for anybody, Sean is obviously lucky. It's like, ooh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty cool, cool thing to be a part of. But for anyone else who's like, well, obviously, I'm not going to be in Davos this year, and I don't know when I'm ever going to be. What does the World Economic Forum do to make sure that folks uh, not only talk about issues at the end of January, but but work with each other throughout the year in between conferences? <laughs>
4: Well, that's a great, that's a, that's a very good question. I mean, a number of the things that we're doing this year um, is both sharing content, but also sharing insight and trying to make those connections both during the event and having them last after the event going forward. So um, one of the things that we do is we're uh, live streaming a number of the key public sessions so that the ideas and the debates and the discussions that take place at the annual meeting um, are ideas that are available to everyone else and are things that they contain Tangibly take with them to add to their communities, to their businesses, uh, whether it be a startup, a not for profit, they have access to a lot of the content and the insight that takes place at the event. We also live tweet. All of um, a number of the sessions as well that we live stream, Um, and we have a a Twitter list actually of over 400, I think, different members who are attending the event, so you can actually see the comments and the reaction of the members who are taking place uh, at the annual meeting and hear what they have to say. Um, So it's a really kind of interesting compilation of different activities, and those are just to name um, a few in terms of how people can actually take these going forward. And um, other things that we've done is we, yesterday we launched a series that's called the Ask a Leader series. Uh, so at Davos, we have two video upload stations where we invite the members who are attending the event to answer questions um, posted by the general public. So right now on YouTube, you can upload any question really any question you want um, to a world leader and we'll do our best to get a number of people over to the video upload station and have them answer those questions. Uh, so the ones that we'll put to the, to the world leaders will be the ones that are top voted by the general public and I'm sure we'll get like a wide array of different questions from very tangible to more high level kind of big picture uh, questions but you know it will be interesting to see people's reactions.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, while well, well, I think that you have the most amazing job in the world and I'm super jealous of uh, what you're <laughs> doing right now. Um, there is are you kidding? Some... This is
4: like the coolest show. So, Aww, done... Thank
2: you. There's obviously pressure. And I'm just wondering, you know, um, how hopeful are you that social media and technology can actually help to make the world a better place? And I know that's a big question, but I just love to hear your thoughts on that
4: um i mean i am extremely helpful i've seen kind of the impact both of the forum and uh prior to my work at the forum that social media can have in actually engaging and informing uh, members of society to go out and improve their own lives or improve their businesses so i'm very hopeful of uh what it is that we do and i'm very optimistic of the lessons and the and um the opportunities that these kinds of avenues provide to people uh, through the meetings. I mean, one of the one of the, the things that people often say about the forum. I mean, one of the first questions I get asked is like, what happens at Davos? And now we're actually trying to provide a lens into that discussion um, and the conversations that take place are 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 beyond insightful and to have the public not only be able to hear them but participate in them via you know youtube via our blog via twitter um you know our iphone application that we're launching or our foursquare page that we're on um it's a real place where these leaders are not are not uh, one-way communicators they actually engage in these conversations with different people um so i'm very hopeful in terms of the impact that i think that these these opportunities will will have
0: Nicole, what's the what's the general vibe at Davos? Uh, obviously, you're you're spending a lot of time and resources, and you've thought a lot about being able to get the rest of us involved, even though we can't be there. But for folks who are there, you know, conferences kind of they they all have their own style to some extent. Some are lighthearted, some are are weighty. You know, where does Davos
4: fit into that? Um, well, it's it. It's an. It really is kind of a very unique event. I mean, we bring together, um, because we bring together kind of the top leaders, both academic, political, business. It's one of the few places in the world where these leaders, when they come together, they can actually debate, challenge, and collaborate in a really open um, and transparent environment. Mm-hmm. And... That's the really kind of unique opportunity that, that Davos provides. And it's often referred to as the spirit of Davos. And there really is um, a unique spirit that takes place. Uh, usually the, the general vibe at the events is very hopeful because when you bring a bunch of people together, you start to see opportunities and new ways to um reflect on problems and uh you know you have ceos of banks attending sessions on music you know uh and the importance of music and the development of the brain i mean you have an opportunity for different people to learn very different things that help them take these lessons outside of the actual event and improve their organizations improve the way they interact with society and help shape a lot of the uh shape and predict and prevent a lot of the risks that we face as a, as a a global unit.
2: So, uh, well, I I think that's pretty much it uh, from our end for questions, but why don't you give a plug to uh, some of the places where people can follow along and take part in the conversation?
4: So number one, definitely check out um, www.forumblog.org. Uh, That's where you'll hear about all of the different places where you can participate in uh, the annual meeting. Um, And, of course, on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash World Economic Forum, where during the event you'll see Randy Zuckerberg interviewing uh, different members who are attending the event, including people like Paolo Coelho and Robert Scoble. Um, And she'll be asking questions that are generated from you, the audience, the world. So make sure you check out those pages and, and post your questions and your ideas. So any more information around the types of things that we'll be doing at the annual meeting this year you can find um on those two locations awesome
0: great thank you so much nicole it was my pleasure
4: guys absolutely
0: from the world economic
4: forum all the way from geneva all the way from Geneva, late, yeah. just for our little show. Thanks so much, Nicole. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, I'm. I'm, you know, just keep eating chocolate for the energy. I just can't help myself. It's so accessible. <laughs> well, you are in you...
2: Switzerland, so yeah. don't rub it in. Oh, the jealousy meter just went up another notch. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I'll, right. I'll ship you some, okay? All right. Please
0: thanks do. so much, Nicole. Thanks, Nicole, hey, my and pleasure. have, have fun at Davos this year. Okay, thanks very much, guys. Boy, mm-hmm. Amber, she does have a good job, doesn't she?
2: Uh, amazing. I know. What a, a phenomenal opportunity, you know, not only living over there, but being able to uh, work on social media for the World Economic Forum and, uh, you know, participate in Davos and help to shape what uh, happens there as far as the, you know, especially the digital side of things. So, uh, yeah, it's a good gig, Sarah. It is.
0: Go, Nicole. Complain, yeah, I can't, we, you know, I'm going, I, I'm going to follow and, and see how Sean does over at, at Davos. Uh, Your Canadian, Your Canadian, Canadian brother,
2: (laughs) I gotta find, I gotta figure out who he is now. I should probably uh, track him down as well.
0: Well, he's probably another smart cookie, considering that he was chosen out of quite a few um, submitters to uh, to get over to Switzerland and participate. What? Yeah, I mean that's just it. It sounds like um, you hear so much about um, uh, people getting together and talking about great ideas, Mm -hmm. Um, but. But they you know it's important. you know you and I were joking a little bit before the show about how, well, you know, you don't always have to be there in person anymore mm-hmm. because we get so many, so much of our information online and it's pretty much in real time. But there are certain uh, organizations where it really does matter, I mean, know, especially when you're talking about you know, getting world leaders into one place and, oh, exactly. and exchanging ideas, and then going back to their respective countries and, and actually building upon those ideas and, and changing, all of our lives is, yeah. you know, there, there, are, there is something to be said about that, isn't there? Definitely.
2: I think like if there, I mean, if there were two conferences, I would just die to go to. One would be the uh, TED conference. Me too. Just would love to go to that. And Davos would be pretty phenomenal too. Yeah. Well,
0: maybe next year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
0: for, for you anyway, you, you, know, you, get, you make it to quite a few conferences, many more <laughs> than I do. So that'll be, uh, <laughs> that'll be our 2012 Um,
2: goals. I'll try to bring you along, Sarah, if I get the invite, but don't stay home waiting, okay?
0: Okay, I won't. I uh, want to thank Squarespace, another sponsor of this show. We're like sponsor crazy right now, but that's because Net at Night is such an awesome show. Uh, Squarespace, if you're not familiar with it, I use it. Amber, you use it, don't you? Or Christie uses uh, Chris it?
2: Chris uses it, yeah. So my uh, fiance uses it all the time, and I pretty much recommend it to every single person I know who wants to build a new website and uh, wants to get something up quickly.
0: I do too. Uh, you know, I get a lot of people saying, but well, why not just WordPress or Tumblr? And Squarespace is unique because... People think of putting together a blog, but if you have a photography portfolio or maybe you are making jewelry at home and you want something nice to be able to to sell your jewelry or you need to, to add some contact forms into your your blogging engine, Squarespace provides so many different ways to share what you need to share with the world. It doesn't have to be, you know, your diary. Um, I, I think the concept of blogs is so outdated for a lot of people and Squarespace has... I mean, there's more to it than just writing down your thoughts. Um, And in fact, if you go to squarespace.com and look at some of the examples page, uh, my site is on there. Um, It's a nice custom site, so you get a real good idea of what Squarespace can show you. It's not like you look at a Squarespace blog and go, oh, yeah, that's Squarespace. It looks so much like all the other Squarespace blogs. It's very customizable. You don't need to know any code at all. If you do know code, you can certainly hack it up to your heart's content. But if you don't, Squarespace has these really intuitive ways to be able to you know change the cell width on uh, on the way that your your page is laid out and a lot of other things too i mean it is by far the best um, the 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 best solution that i've ever had and i was a typepad user for many years another yeah, thing too. Uh, yeah, you were too. That's right. Another um, another thing that's great about Squarespace is it's very easy to import your content. So if you've been like I was, you know, I used TypePad for well, oh, I don't know five years or something like that. I had a lot of content, and I needed that to stay preserved. It was very easy to import into Squarespace, and they're not going to hold your content hostage. If for some reason, uh, you need you need to uh, to move on someday. They're they're not going to be difficult. They allow you an export feature as well. So Squarespace is um, in, in in all respects. Uh, not only a great service, but a cool one too, and a lot of great people work there. And for iPhone and iPad users, they've got apps. Um, Their iPad app came out not that long ago, and they actually just made um, uh, a big update and pushed out uh, a bunch of bug fixes. Um, In fact, I had had written them. Uh, They got a really great customer service Um, built into their website and said, you know, I'm finding a couple of bug fixes and they're a fix like that. They're very good about uh, getting back to you too when you've got got issues. I've never waited more than a few hours for somebody to get back to me uh, with a solution. So Squarespace, not only a great service, but a lot of great folks working behind the scenes there. If you want to try it out, uh, you've got 30 days and you can put together something and just see if you like it. Go to squarespace.com. I think our offer code is night.
2: Yeah, N I G H T, I believe.
0: N I G H T. Yeah, that's what it is. Squarespace.com slash night. And if you decide to move on with Squarespace, if you go, you know what, this is, this is, this is what I want. I like it. I'm ready. And you will. Uh, yeah, the offer code night will get you uh, 10% off the lifetime of your account. So not just a year, not just two years, not even five. As long as you want to stay with Squarespace, you'll get 10% off. So amazing deal. And we thank them so much for being a sponsor of Net at Night today.
2: Thanks, Squarespace. All right, Sarah. All I right. I have a site for you as our our site of the night. Okay. Um, this one is kind of funny. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know if you watched the Golden Globes the uh, other evening. Oh,
0: Amber, I wouldn't miss it. I really? am an award show junkie.
2: Okay, well, I'm really bummed. I was in Montreal for the day, and I flew back, and I missed the entire show, and... uh I really, really wanted to uh, see it, and I heard it was hilarious. Um, but uh, the social network also uh, won a few awards there.
0: Yeah, they really did. Uh, you know, like Best Picture, well, dramatic in the dramatic series, um, Best Picture, uh, Best Director, Best Screenplay, all the big ones. I have to say I was a little bummed because I was such a fan of Inception and Inception had so much buzz. I mean, wow, six months ago it was like that's all anybody could do is make jokes about Inception and what level are we on and are we awake? And I've really thought that that was a lock for best screenplay because it's such an unusual screenplay. It sure is, yeah. Social network took it. So there it you took go. took it,
2: I know. It's a so uh, obviously many of us have had Facebook on our minds for yeah. many months, or <laughs> I should say years. So I had a great little chuckle when I ran across this website, which I, I think has been around as far as I understand for a while. Um, and uh, it is uh, Mark by Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> so the idea is you can dress like Mark Zuckerberg. Um, and uh, you can... Uh, uh essentially take part in uh uh you know buying clothes so you look like uh one of the richest uh guys in the world now isn't mark
0: zuckerberg uh known to not look like the richest guy in the world if you're just going by what he how he
2: dresses because he wear i think a lot that's of... kind of the point it's a lot of like uh jeans with elastic an elastic band oh uh, mark bob, oh
0: man uh, he doesn't really wear elastic jeans does he? Anyway, he wears flip flops. You're closer to, uh,
2: yeah, I know. <laughs> Not that you're closer to him, but at least uh, you know geographically.
0: I like this. It's funny. You know, it's it's like a plan marked by Mark Jacobs, I assume. Although yeah. Mark Jacobs is with a C. Mark oh, by definitely. Mark Zuckerberg. Well, it's funny. It's it's like you don't need to be fancy in order to be known for your style, right? And so yeah. Mark Zuckerberg is such a good example of that. I mean, he's known for wearing the hoodies and the flip flops and. In the social network, a bathrobe, and you know, yeah. I guess between the between the real guy and the Aaron Sorkin
2: version of Mark Zuckerberg, you've got all sorts of ways to dress that are kind of. Fun. I know, I know. So um, anyway, it's kind of fun just to uh, uh, take a look at the site, and um, you know, if you're a geek and you want to know, or you want to know how to dress as a geek, then maybe that's okay too. Absolutely,
0: dress like Mark Zuckerberg at Mark by Mark Zuckerberg. Hey,
2: Sarah, I have a question for you. I know we only have five minutes left, but yeah. um, uh, I just got a Skype message from Dana Brunetti, the producer of The Social Network, who yes. was, of course, at the Golden Globes, considering mm-hmm. it's his film, and he said he'd like to come on for a couple minutes. I, I had asked him, and I just heard back from him. Absolutely. Jammer B, you you into it? Jammer B behind the board says yes. Okay, I'll send his uh, Skype name over by email. Who should I send it to you right now?
0: Um, Send it to, yeah, John... John at Twit or show notes at Twit, Sean at Twit, John J O H John yeah J O H N at Twit yes thanks Yeah, how fun I yeah. have um I have not met or spoken to Dana before but I know you guys are pretty good friends and and he's been on the show in the past and was a great guest so how fun
2: yeah so his uh um yeah I met him I, I guess you know he yeah he's been on the show a couple times and I met him in Toronto when he was here for the film festival and he's always been awesome to uh, you know, stay in touch. And I've uh, hung out with him and uh, his girlfriend in LA and uh, he is just a super guy. So hopefully we can have him on just for even for a couple of minutes to ask him what uh, the Golden Globes were like. I mean, what an amazing. Absolutely. Uh, I've never been. I don't know about you, but it looks like a oh, no. good time. Everybody's eating and
0: drinking and sitting around tables and it's less formal and there's laughter and. People, you know, go to the bathroom and miss when they win. And, you know, the Golden Globes is kind of historically known as the the Oscars where people are actually having a good time.
2: Exactly. So um, do we have one more ad, Sarah, we should do while
0: we try to... Yeah, we do. While we're, while we're waiting to get uh, Dana up, uh, we do have one more ad because, again, Net at Night, it's popular with the advertisers and we thank them so much for, for wanting to be part of the show. Mail Route, if you're not familiar with Mail Route you should be especially if you're the kind of person who doesn't like email spam if you do like email spam you can just go ahead and not pay attention to me but if you're the kind of person who doesn't like spam then you want to listen up because if you're a one if you're a one person operation or you're a business with you know 50 members or more businesses of every size can benefit from MailRoute. so Uh, what, what MailRot will do is protect you from spam and viruses, which of course is just going to simplify your life because you're going to be tearing out a a lot less of your hair and it's going to make your email, email usable again, because as you know, when spam starts to take over, it, it becomes very hard to manage what is important versus what isn't important. And you stop wanting to check your mail and you're going to miss a lot of stuff. MailRot is secure. It's a hosted service, filters out viruses and spam for companies of any size. So... If you're one person or you're a company with many, many thousands of people, it doesn't matter. MailRoute will work for you. Leo loves MailRoute. In fact, he's the one who turned us all onto Mail MailRoute uh, initially. He's been using the service for like over six years. I mean, imagine the kind of spam that leoville.com must be getting. I Goodness. can't even imagine. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if he's using it, it definitely works. Um, Tom Merritt started using MailRoute. And he can now use his email domains that he'd long given up. Subbrilliant.com is one of Tom's email domains that he used to complain... He doesn't even check anymore because it was just so overrun with spam, and MailRoute has completely helped him. So there you go. There's two uh, case studies there. Tom Johnson is the founder and CEO of MailRoute, also a friend of Leo's. Um, He started one of the first companies uh, in this very market back in 1998 called FrontBridge. Um, If you never heard of FrontBridge, it was acquired by Microsoft in 2005 and is still offered as the Microsoft Exchange hosted services line. So Tom Johnson, he's been around the block. He knows how this all works. He knows what he's doing, and and we really like MailRoute um, a, uh, a lot. So if you want mail filtering and you want it to be easy, MailRoute is the way to go. There's no hardware. There's no software to install. You just sign up with MailRoute, and then you change your MX records. If you're familiar with doing this at all, you know, if you if you can change an MX record, you can use Mailroute and 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 you'll be happier for it. Visit mailroute.info to sign up. So that's not .com, that's mailroute.info. And as a Twit listener, you'll receive 10% off for the life of your account. mailroute.info huh. and we thank them for their support. See, being a Twit listener has
2: its perks. You get there discounts are a lot here there and everywhere. Of benefits. I know, there are a ton of benefits and lots of great deals. Uh, Sarah, I just uh, was bugging Dana and I believe you guys might have him on.
0: Almost, it looks like, yeah, there he is. (laughs) I see him, hey Dana.
2: Hey, how are you?
0: Good. So hey, this, is, this is like, this is why live shows are so great, because Amber said, yeah, I know we're wrapping up the show, but how about we get a guest on? Stana Brunetti was at the Golden Globes. I said, sure. <laughs> and here she, you sent
1: are. Me, uh, she sent me a DM on Twitter earlier, and then it took me a while to see it. And then by the time I replied and then got to the office, I realized what time it was and then saw you guys on. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh,
2: so no, am. that's amazing. Well, I'm sure, you know, after being at the Golden Globes and after having so many wins for your movie, The Social Network, you have a lot of people trying to uh, get in touch, wish you congratulations, and you're probably working on, uh, hopefully, lots of new uh, films. Uh, So what was it like on Sunday night?
1: um, Well, it it was was surreal, to say the least, but I actually was very sick and was concerned when I woke up in the morning I wasn't going to be able to make it. Wow. And so I went to the actual award ceremony a little under the weather, and uh, by the time when we won and went on stage, I was so hopped up on cough syrup and medicine <laughs> and vitamins, I was a little out of it for a variety of reasons, just the adrenaline and all the medicine. Um, but one really cool and ironic thing happened right as I went to walk onto the red carpet, they announce, you know, they announce who you are to all the photographers so they know who they're shooting photos of. And so they announced, you know, Dana Bernetti, a producer of Social Network. And I didn't realize, but out in front of me was Randy Zuckerberg. And so she turned around and came back towards me and uh, said she wanted to say hello and introduce herself, said, I'm Randy Zuckerberg. I'm Mark's sister. And I'm like, I, I definitely know who you are. And it's uh, wow. pretty ironic that I came on the red carpet right, uh, right behind her. But we took photos together. She was really, she was really sweet and really cool girl. And then uh, went on for the, for the show, which was it was amazing.
0: Uh, Randy is, um, I, you know, she, she happens to be a friend of mine and she's like one of the nicest people in the world and I, I don't think she's watching so I'm not just, you know, uh, <laughs> sucking up to her but I mean, she, Randy is great. That said, if she had been less than thrilled with the movie it might have been awkward to have been right next to her on the red carpet. I mean, to as producers of, of this movie... Um, you know that, that may have gone one way or another with the folks that actually mm-hmm. work at Facebook, of which there are thousands. You know, how how do you how do you deal with that, knowing that you're going to be near some of them, you know, at a big award show?
1: I mean, it's initially before the movie came out, there was a lot of talk about it, and they were coming out a little bit more against it. Since the movie's come out, I realized that or I think that they've realized that um, uh, that it's not that bad of a portrayal. And that, um, you know, and it's a good movie. And personally, I think we make, and I've said this before, that we make Mark off to, he comes off as a badass. That you, know, you may not agree with how he went about some things, but you do have to respect the fact that if he didn't do what he did in the way that he did it, Facebook wouldn't be what it is today. Right. Um, and she actually said to me that she, she enjoyed the movie. So that was, that was great to hear.
0: You know, well, Mark also crazy. said, uh, I think it was on Oprah, you know, if not other places Also, that he understood that it was a, you know, it was a dramatization of of the way that Facebook came to be. And he was able to appreciate that knowing that it was based on him, but at the same time, not supposed to be exactly how everything went down.
1: Well, it is a movie, and so it's not going to be 100% exact. It's not a documentary. So, right. like, you know, I was going to make a movie of this conversation, it's not going to be 100% of how, how this is. But, you know, we can make it as accurate as, as we can and make it interesting to the audience.
0: Well, and it obviously was interesting to the audience because you took home <laughs> the most prestigious award of the night. I mean, that must have been uh, a really gratifying moment for everybody who worked so hard on this movie.
1: It was a surprise. We took... Um, Best score for Trent Reznor, uh, best adapted screenplay for uh, Aaron Sorkin, um, best director for David Fincher, and then best picture for uh, the four of us producers. Which, by the way,
0: let's see it. That's oh, our yeah. globe, huh? <laughs> so Dana, it's, this is always you know we little people always want to know how heavy, how, how does it feel when you're actually <laughs> holding an award? You know,
1: it is. That's it's one thing I noticed that it's the most common thing is, you know, everyone holds it. They're like, wow, it's really heavy. And it is. It's actually really heavy. It's it's solid marble and, and metal. So where, you gonna, so where are you going to
0: so where are you going to put it? That was my question, too.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. It's sitting on my desk right now, but I don't know. I don't so
2: know where I'm, I'm sure this uh, has generated, obviously, lots of Oscar buzz. So um, how are you feeling about uh, the next big award show coming up?
1: I'm not going to presume or be presumptuous about anything. I'm just I'm, I'm just thrilled to be where we are so far. And only, I can only hope for the best. It's It's been an insane ride from the inception to screen of this project. It's only been two years. And to come together with the team that we've had from... I mean, I was sitting at the Golden Globes next to Trent Reznor, freaking Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Now, <laughs> who did the score for my movie. And I'm just, I'm like totally geeking out next to him. And then he wins and comes and sits down. And then Aaron Sorkin, one of the best screenwriters in the world. And then David Fincher. And I'm just, I remember just sitting there thinking like, how did this go from a conversation that I had with Ben Mesrick a couple of years ago to this so quickly? It's just, it's beyond me.
0: Well, you know, Dana is being modest because obviously uh, nobody wants to jinx anything, but for anyone who's not a regular award show um, follower, a lot of times movies that win the kinds of awards that the social (laughs) network won at the Golden Globes go on to win Oscars as well, so... Yeah, it's looking good for the social network.
2: Yeah, no Knock kidding. on wood. <laughs> so uh, I know you probably can't tell us what you're working on next, but we can only imagine that you are uh, busy hopefully working on something amazing that might have at least a small bit of appeal to uh, us in the uh, geek world.
1: There was one that was just announced today. I can't really talk about it, but it's online if you start searching for it.
2: Oh, a nice hit. We like that. <laughs> good. <laughs> Chat room, go to town.
1: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it crazy. literally just hit.
2: Awesome. Dana, thank you so much for joining us, especially, uh, you know, you're obviously so busy, and um, we are so, I mean, if we can say proud of you. I know that sounds silly, not that we had anything to do with it. Oh, Amber. uh, (laughs) So it's just awesome, you know. I just feel like, you know, someone who uh, really understands the Internet world to go on and do something that's amazing that so many people have watched is just awesome. So um, congratulations.
0: Congratulations,
1: Dana.
2: That's really great.
1: Thanks, guys. And And, and Amber, (laughs) we're still going to do Power Friend in the movie, right?
2: Yeah, I, uh, Sarah, you don't know this, but Dana came to Toronto and uh, I might have given him a book that said that he has the rights to power-friending the movie. So, uh, you know, who knows what kind of movie it's going to be, but uh, there's potential, I think. Now, who would
0: play Amber MacArthur in power funding the movie? That is the uh, question.
1: I don't know. Who do you think,
0: Sarah? I, Amber? should. I, I don't know, Amber. You, what do you think?
2: Um, I don't know. I've got to pick someone off. Awesome. You can play yourself. Say... You're can play. you a
0: good actress, right? I think right? last
1: time when we did it, I think I said like Kate Bosworth or Katie Cassidy yeah. or maybe Cameron Diaz or how about Ooh. just Amber?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I could, I, I could give it a go. Dana, we'll talk soon. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk more about Amber's new movie. No, that's that, that sounds great. Amber, I think you should play yourself. None of those okay. other women could do you justice as
2: talented as they are. You are the okay. power friender. I'll consider it. All right. Dana and I will work something out. As soon as he's, you know, coming down from this buzz, then uh, I'll get in touch. My people will get in touch with your people, Dana.
1: <laughs> Sounds good.
2: <laughs> awesome.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Dana. Producer of The Social Network. Big wins on Sunday.
1: Looking Thanks, for guys. more
0: in February. Thank you.
1: Thanks, guys. Take care.
0: Bye, Dana. See you later. <laughs> he's You know, it's funny. It's like he's... um. He's kind of got that of like, I don't yeah. know where I'm gonna put this.
2: I know, it's well, <laughs> so I got a golden glow. it's very heavy. Yeah, it's awesome. You it's know? So, uh, it's always fun, uh, you know, just cause he joined us, you know, the last, sort of last minute, it reminds me of when Leo and I, not that we crank called Steve Chen from uh, the co-founder of YouTube, but uh, we just called him in the middle of the show and sort of got him on. So it's always fun to do that to people because it's, it's so unplanned, right? <laughs> It is, but it's it, you know,
0: it's it's always fun when people are game too. It's like, hey, they're just yeah. sitting at their computers. I mean, so many people I know that are watching us live right now. It's like we all have the ability to just be a part of this big show live and it's fun. That's 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 so, the fun part of the live.
2: Sarah, maybe in uh, the next couple shows we do together since Leo will be away, we'll just randomly try to call someone every show. I think that's a great idea. I'm yeah, in. That goes. I mean, you never know what you're going to get, but that's what
0: makes you it fun. You never know. So, before um, we wrap the show yeah. up, I know we have a video of the week and I haven't I don't know anything about this, so you'll have to tell me.
2: Okay, so normally uh, I like to share music videos because that it's probably the best for our uh, listeners. But this one is still it still has some great audio, and um, it's a website called thestateofwikipedia dot A really cool website. Uh, I thought it was interesting to mention because it is the tenth anniversary of Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and um, this is a video that has done with it's, it's been done with really neat graphics. Uh, the best part about it though is uh, that Wikipedia co-founder Jimmy Wales is narrating the video and he's talking about the start of Wikipedia and how it began and how it grew and so um, it's pretty long. It's three minutes long so you don't need to play the whole thing um, if you don't have time but um, I just think it's neat a neat little story for people to hear especially as they're celebrating such a big anniversary.
0: Cool. Well, um, should we say goodbye and then we'll just we'll, we'll go ahead and play the video for its three minutes.
2: Alright, Sarah, will now- well-
0: It was great chatting. It was great chatting with you too. I know it's like, I sure wish the only thing I wish is that even in this age of Skype ability that you were sitting across from me because we've still never met each other, which (laughs) is just silly, but we will have uh, a few more opportunities in February to do more Net at Nights together. So if anyone, uh, you know, we'll all miss Leo, but uh, more Amber and Sarah coming up. So. Thanks for having me and thanks for letting me be the fill-in for Leo. I know I'm a poor substitute, but I do love the show and I really appreciate it.
2: Oh, you did a great job. Thanks so much, Sarah.
0: Thanks, Amber. And we'll see you next time on Nut at Night. That's my Leo. Nut at Night.
3: Wikipedia is one of the most important websites on the internet today but you might be surprised to learn that it began as a side project of another online encyclopedia. That was called Newpedia, to be a traditional encyclopedia written by experts free and online. But only one person had final publishing authority and it wasn't quite taking off. As a founder of Newpedia, I led the group to establish a farm team of sorts for future Newpedia articles. We used a new software platform to make collaboration easy. The wiki. Wikipedia. It happened to be the perfect way to write many pages very quickly. Soon enough, Newpedia couldn't keep up and Wikipedia took center stage. We were creating not just a free content encyclopedia, but a free encyclopedia that anyone can edit. Other language editions appeared quickly, over 270 at last count, And it was soon followed by sister projects like Wikisource, Wikinews, and Wiktionary. In 2003, I created the Wikimedia Foundation to ensure that Wikipedia could keep up with its own growth. Wikipedia gets almost 400 million visitors every month, and the list of sites visited more often is very short and very famous. Wikipedia celebrates its 10th anniversary in January 2011, and in these 10 years has become one of the most popular websites in the world. I still lead the community, and the Wikimedia Foundation helps us to make Wikipedia what it is today. Who does edit Wikipedia? Over time, as many as 1.2 million people have contributed to Wikipedia. As of 2010, there are more than 11 million monthly edits to all Wikipedias in all languages. According to one survey, we have about twice the proportion of PhDs compared to the general public. On the English Wikipedia, almost 50% have no religion and 14.6% of French editors claim to believe in Pastafarianism. It would be fair to say that most Wikipedians are not average. One reason, maybe, is that editing a single page is easy, but getting heavily involved is harder. The community is defined by more than 200 combined policies, guidelines, and essays to say nothing of the discussions and reviews, committees and notice boards, wiki projects, and more. All the site content is decided by Wikipedia's volunteer contributors. The Wikimedia Foundation has no editorial role whatsoever. The Foundation's job is to keep the servers running and the lights on. But there's more to it than that. The Foundation is also growing Wikipedia's presence worldwide. More data centers to speed up Wikipedia worldwide, and even bringing its first office outside of the United States to India. Wikipedia is already very popular in the West and in the North. A new challenge is going to be making Wikipedia available to the developing world as well. The Foundation is a charity and runs entirely on donations. Some from corporations and institutions, but the vast majority from its millions of editors and readers. It's incredible what has been accomplished already, but Wikipedia is far from done. As any reader knows, some articles are very good, but some are not. Wikipedia still needs a lot of work. Yet, this is a new challenge, not just building an encyclopedia from scratch, but making it better. More accurate, more citations. Not just broad, but deep. There's never been anything like Wikipedia before, and its future horizon is very, very long. As Wikipedia enters its second decade, it's up to all of us to make sure it gets even better.